Hey, I'm Andrew McClellan, and this is the 2020 CBAA National Features and Documentary Series, a collection of eight new features from producers right around Australia. And this next feature we're about to hear was made on Gadigal land, and we pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. So you've probably heard this, to speak a language is to take on a world. But for Bernadette Nguyen, that feels easier said than done. As we're about to hear, Bernadette's mother speaks fluent Vietnamese, but Bernadette's fluency is not quite there, and that's something that she now regrets. So this next feature contains interviews with her mother, as well as a Korean waiter and a Wiradjuri woman. And we're going to get a sense of being multilingual in Australia, the power of language to bridge culture between generations. So from FBI Radio in Sydney for the National Features and Documentary Series, this is Bernadette with My Mother Tongue. Thầm bà con đi, con kêu khi mất thì trước con thầm bà nói chuyện với bà. The one thing I'm most ashamed of is the fact that I can't speak Vietnamese fluently. Growing up, I was made fun of for speaking Vietnamese. Chứ giờ bà không có làm được cái giờ. To the untrained ear, it sounds nasally, aggressive, and over-exaggerated. And growing up in Australia, that's what I began to see it as. A language I could hate. The older I became, the more I felt that I was missing a connection to my heritage, my parents' home, and the home of people who look just like me. No matter how hard I try to connect to my family now, language is a huge barrier for me. I feel like it's going to be a very personal conversation that we haven't really had before. So, mm. yeah, just... <laughs> That's good. at time to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. My mother moved to Australia being able to speak three different languages. I had the opportunity to go to a French school since I was a kid. I grew up in between French culture and Vietnamese culture. So at school, we spoke French and we spoke Vietnamese at home. I learned English as a second language at school. So together, I speak Vietnamese, French and English. I always thought my mum was brave for moving to a country where she barely knew the culture and only had fragments of the language down. We didn't go out much. Because we, when we first came, we get the habit to live in a cluster with Vietnamese people, with Vietnamese culture, so we feel much easier. My mum tells me a story about one of her early experiences in Australia. She was trying to catch a bus to a nearby town called Liverpool. I couldn't understand a word the bus driver talked to me. Because Liverpool then had a very, very, very strong accent. And they said, nine and right. Ask him the way, and he said, "Okay, go and turn right." I don't know what right is, and then it's very, very um, country accent. I came to Australia March 2015. My friend Jaden is from South Korea. He moved to Australia when he was 23. I still remember when I stepped out of the plane. Sky was so clear. Because in Korea, we have a kind of the air pollution problem. When I came here, oh my god, it was so like blue and clear. Jaden's story is different to mine. But I wondered if he too felt a struggle in creating connections because of a language barrier. Back home, 
Jaden learned English at school. I was quite confident. I was like, "Oh, I have a good score," and like, I love watching like English drama or like an English song, so I should be fine. When I got here, there was different problem. Even though I was quite familiar with the、um, Western culture, when you actually come to overseas country, like it's really different, and you will never know until you actually face that situation. He tells me about one of his early experiences in Australia. When I work in a Thai restaurant, I was a waiter. So I asked her,、um, "Do you want rice?" Because in Korea, R and L sound is exactly same. We just say in L. So I didn't know there was a difference between rice and rice because for us, it's a sound exactly same. And when I asked her, "Oh, do you want rice?" She straight looked into my eyes. She was like, "Rice, no rice." At the time, I was so embarrassed, and I hate myself. When I first hear, I kind of feel I left alone because, even though I'm a nice person and have a good stories, always language was a problem. I have to try harder and try to go to talk to them more and try to put more effort to know them more. I feel like my weakness is the language, so I have to be more friendly and nice to them, and go talk to them first, and then they will open their mind to know me more better and try to communicate more better. I feel the same way with my parents. We both have fragmented versions of the same languages. This means we have to try a lot harder to talk, which often means it's easier not to talk. Okay, how does it make you feel knowing that I don't speak Vietnamese very well? A bit upset. I try to teach you Vietnamese.、Uh, the young people here, even Vietnamese, poor Vietnamese people, when we grow up, you learn the the Western way, and quite a different generation. But what I wanted, we just want you to remember your culture and your background. Even you speak English, you, you whatever, but still, you remember you are Vietnamese, but not、um, Western. Do you feel the same way now? Like having lived here for more than thirty years, do you go back to Vietnam and still feel Vietnamese, or do you feel like there's something missing? Like, is there something there?、Mm, not really. It's only when I go back to Vietnam, it's only missing was bit of nostalgia. And I don't feel lost in in Australia,、uh, in, in the Australian social、um, society, because I know that I'm here. But I still keep my culture. I'm still me, still Vietnamese. But my generation is different. When I go back to Vietnam, I'm still Vietnamese. Whatever they want to see me, I don't care. You know that you're Vietnamese, and that's it. Like, don't take attention to what people talk about you. You can look a bit different than them, but like you're still Vietnamese. And because you you not、uh, you're not in the country, you can't speak fluently the the language, but still you can express yourself. And you're Vietnamese. Did you want me to do that in language or in English? Oh, both, please. Year de Marang, Yuan Du Peter Joy, Rodrigo Garmige, which is the day is good. My name is Peter or Peter Joy, and、um, I'm a Rodrigo and a girl. Peter Joy teaches language. She can speak a South Australian Creole that she learnt from a previous partner, and began learning her own language, Rudgery, as an adult. 
she too feels a disconnect between her and her heritage. I grew up knowing that I was Aboriginal and it was a bit of a mixed thing for me because of the colour of my skin. So at school I wasn't black enough for the black kids and I wasn't white enough for the white kids and I get questioned a lot on my identity. So for me it was an inverted way of reclaiming something of my culture, of my identity. From that I've actually been able to share it. She tells me it was illegal to speak an Indigenous language or practice culture for a very long time. My great-great-grandmother, Jessie Evans, she actually was the last language speaker in my family and she didn't speak language for fear of getting into trouble because it was against the law, so she didn't teach it to her kids. I was born in 1978 and it only became legal to speak Aboriginal language in New South Wales in 1974. And people have that attitude, I'll just get over it. It happened a long time ago. It's not something that we can just get over. Because of that, we, we've lost so much. What inspired you to learn your language? My son came to me one day and he goes, Mum, can you teach me some language? And I'm like, oh, darling, I don't know any to teach you. And then uh, about a week later, an opportunity came up. It was on Facebook saying, you know, people wanting to learn Wiradjuri language, that this course was being offered. So when when I learnt my language, I learned it for my personal reasons, like for, for me to put that piece back, for, for my son and I to be able to reclaim that. There's always been a part of me that never felt Australian enough. And whenever I went to Vietnam, I never felt Vietnamese enough. In the process of talking to everyone, I started to realise that maybe I was looking into language because subconsciously, I wondered if it would help me reclaim my heritage. Peter says it does, but it can also come with a cost. When I first started teaching language, I had someone come in and question my identity. We have this horrible thing called lateral violence. You're not letting someone be the best that they can be rather than, you know, supporting that and watching them grow and being happy for them. We would rather pull them down and take them down a peg. It was awful and I just thought to myself, it would just be so easier if I just pretended that I wasn't. Aboriginal pretended that I didn't care. For for a split second, I, I nearly did. But at the same time too, that's letting that person win. And I'm not going to have that. My culture is who I am. And I've been fortunate that I've learned a lot of it, but I've also put myself out there to learn it. It's often stereotyped that a part of Asian culture is showing affection by being too blunt. I grew up being told by my family and friends that my Vietnamese was terrible. Rather than encouraging me to get better, it often felt like they were being condescending, not creating a safe space for me to want to learn the language. So I began to resent Vietnamese because it hurt to be treated like I was dumb. Do you wish that we could speak better Vietnamese? I wish you could speak better Vietnamese because the 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 more you you the more you speak the language the more the culture will stay with you when you go back to vietnam and sometimes it's i feel that you don't mix in the family in vietnam when i was younger there were times where i desperately wished i was just a regular australian kid at least then my parents and i could see eye to eye on more things 
Not only is there a generational gap, but a language and a cultural one. And that's made it tough for us to talk about more meaningful things. I do regret not trying harder to learn the language. But it does make me happy knowing that my mum still sees her heritage in me. No matter how weak my understanding of our ancestors' language is. It can be a part of the culture and it not be your first language. It doesn't matter how little of your language you know, the more you speak it, your ancestors will hear you. It's all about that connection to, to my ancestry and trying to hold on to it and preserve it for future generations. Language and culture always go together. You, 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 you can't separate them. And that was Bernadette Nguyen with My Mother Tongue, produced at the studios of FBI Radio in Sydney on Gadigal Land. It was part of the 2020 National Features and Documentary Series. There's another seven stories to hear, so if you'd like to hear more, visit nfds.org.au. The music was by Jerome Blase and Gemma Navarrete. Celeste McIntosh was the supervising producer, and training was provided by the Community Media Training Organisation. The program was made possible with support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Find out more at cbf.org.au.